When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. John Cafferty brings the Beaver Brown Band to Ram's Head in Annapolis, Maryland on Friday, followed by the Hamilton in Washington, D.C. on Saturday. I spoke to Cafferty about his rise from Rhode Island to record 80s hits, including the soundtracks for Eddie and the Cruisers and Rocky IV. Hey, John Cafferty, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP in D.C. Hey, Jason, how you doing, bud? Uh, really good. Where are you calling us from? Aren't you in, you said you're in Atlantic City right now? Were you walking the boardwalk? <laughs> <laughs> I was. We actually played outside on the boardwalk last night. Beautiful night. Just great. You know, just, uh, you know, with the kind of songs that, uh, you know, we do, we do a lot of summer songs, a lot of imagery and stuff. And, uh, you know, playing in that setting really brings the songs to life. So it was uh, a lot of fun. That's awesome. And then I guess you, I guess, well, I was going to say it's near where you grew up, but kind of, I mean, aren't you from Rhode Island originally? Is that, is that where you're from? Yeah. Yeah. We're just up the road. Most of the guys are from uh, either Rhode Island or Massachusetts and uh, yep, played every bar in uh, <laughs> every hall that had electricity up and down the East coast. When we first started, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And if it didn't have electricity, it did when you were finished with it, baby. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. Well, tell me how uh, I always love to hear sort of the origins um, uh, of how you got into this racket to begin with. So, you know, uh, what what sort of stuff did you did you grow up listening to? How did you get your first instrument? You know, give me the origin story of John Cafferty. Oh, wow. It's uh, I don't know if I can remember that far back, but uh <laughs> Uh, you know, I remember my cousin Stevie Smith and I, uh, he still has a band like, you know, he's got a great 10 piece horn band called Steve Smith and Naked Truth up here in Rhode Island Music Hall of Fame guys like ourselves. And, uh, you know, when we were kids, uh, you know, going to see the Elvis movies and stuff in the theaters and, uh, and, uh, you know, just sort of interested, but, uh, you know, we didn't want to be Elvis. It was too scary. But when we uh, went to see uh, Hard Day's Night, you know, guys my age, I mean, it was just some, something about uh, the look in the eyes of, of those guys up on the screen that just made it look like so much fun and that uh, you could do it with your buddies, you know. So uh, my cousin Smitty and I started a band. We had to be like 13 years old, 14 years old, and uh, never turned back, you know, and just uh, kept going all these years. Yeah, that Hard Day's Night movie with the Beatles. I mean, that's still one of the coolest movies ever made, and uh, everyone should go check that out if somehow they, they missed it. It's so good. Uh, well, awesome. Uh, where did where did the name Beaver Brown come from originally? How did you, I mean, it's, it's catchy as hell. How'd you come up with it? <laughs> it's... Uh, 
I never heard it called catchy, but uh, hey, I'm being nice. <laughs> it's memorable. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, we were starting out. We had rehearsed for about a year. We were actually pretty good, but hadn't played anywhere. We got a job at uh, the University of Rhode Island, and uh, they needed a name to put on the poster. You know, and uh, we didn't really have a name, so we went out and got, uh, you know, a case of beer, and we sat down, and we started drinking and thinking and looking around the room and just naming off things that we saw in the room. And uh, somebody said, Beaver Brown. We said, what the heck is that? And it was a can of paint that was sitting on the floor that, that we had used to paint uh, one of the walls inside of the, you know, rehearsal space that we were in. Oh, so and, it's a uh, shade of brown. It's a paint, uh, yeah, of paint. Yeah, so, but it was from, you know, I mean, this was like 1972. So, you know, bands had crazy names back in those days. So we said, well, you know, it's not a very good name, but we'll we'll just use it for this week and uh, we'll, we'll figure out something cool next week. There you and, go. Uh, we played and uh, ended up getting another job. And the next thing I know, I was talking to you. <laughs> yeah, you skipped over a lot in the middle there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's cool. Beaver Brown. I didn't know that it was a, a shade of paint. Anyway, I remember Bob Ross, the painter, always had Van Dyke Brown. But Beaver Brown, there you go. I never knew that. There you go. There you go. No. All right, cool. Well, tell me about, um, I guess you guys first come on the scene um, with, what was it, Wild Summer Nights and Tender Years. Um, how did, how did, who wrote those? Uh, how did how'd those songs come together? Uh, I wrote them, and we were trying to get a record deal. You know, we were a pretty good bar band. In fact, we were a bar band extraordinaire. I mean, we played, you know, five, six, seven nights a week, four, five, six sets a night. We were pretty good at what we were doing, and we did that for like a decade. Um, and we were trying to get a record deal, and it was hard to come by, so we decided we would make our own single and, and uh, you know, maybe get some airplay locally. And, and we we recorded Wild Summer Nights and the flip side was 10 to years. And they started playing it in Boston, New York, Cleveland, Philly, Washington, D.C. Uh, D.C. 101 used to play it down there. And, and uh, you know, got a ton of airplay. Didn't get a record deal, but got a lot of airplay out of it. <laughs> but eventually we led to, uh, you know, to movies in Hollywood. Yeah, of course. So yeah, you, you didn't get a record deal, but you did get a, how do you say, a movie soundtrack deal there. Uh, Eddie and the Cruisers, um, of course, you know, the fictional band for, for the movie, but you all, you know, you all did the soundtrack. Um, to, just tell me that about that whole experience. Like that's got to be a different approach to, you know, writing a typical album. You're sitting there trying to write stuff that's eventually going to be in a movie, but uh, just, you know, how, how, does that, how does that process even work? Well, um, you know, uh, as legend has it, um, uh, this guy, Kenny Vance, who was in a band called uh, Janie Americans back in the day, back in the 60s, and his producers were Lieber and Stoller. I mean, if you know anything about the early yeah. days of rock and roll, Lieber and Stoller with what Elvis Presley and the Drifters and Phil Spector and, you know, just on and on. So pretty oh, close yeah. to... Uh, the origins of rock and roll. So, you know, Kenny was, uh, uh, you know, he, his, his roots were in that kind of music and he 
walking down the street one night in Greenwich Village, and he heard the sound of our band playing. Uh, we were playing in New York City for pizza and beer, I think, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to get discovered. And and uh, he he just heard the music. He walked in. He listened to his play. We never met him. Didn't know he was there. Um, but we knew that he left with a smile on his face because a year later he called us up and said he had a movie script called Eddie and the Cruises, and he thought, you know, our music might might fit the movie well. That's awesome. Did you ever have the the stars come up after the fact, Tom Berenger or Michael Pare, like any of them ever come up afterwards and say, "Thank you, you made our movie." <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we met them. Uh, they they actually before they made the movie, they came up and saw us play up in Rhode Island with the director of the movie and uh, Southside Johnny came up, who's an old friend, and uh, he was one of the move, movie consultants, music consultants for the film. And they all came up and watched this stuff in Rhode Island. And, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we sort of, you know, said, hey, and, uh, you know, they went down to uh, the Jersey Shore and shot the film. And I stayed home and and wrote songs trying to fill out the the musical uh, part of the script. Awesome. Yeah. On the dark side, all those were, were from that soundtrack. I guess Tender Years got brought back for that too. So there you go. Uh, yeah, it was uh, anyone that lived through the, the 80s will remember that one for sure. Um, all right. And then after that, you all followed up with um, your next album, Tough All Over, which, you know, obviously, you know, in the Eddie and the Cruisers was a soundtrack, but this was a, a album album here um, in the, the hit title track. I might even top one of the charts i can't remember maybe mainstream rock or mainstream something like that but um but yeah yeah uh what what was the inspiration for for tough all over well we had uh you know we had always had in mind what we wanted to do for our first album and then the movie soundtrack came along and uh you know songs like wild summer nights and tender years were gone to the movie soundtrack so that was kind of like two big songs that would have been on our, on our, you know, debut album. So I sort of went in a different direction and I started writing songs, uh, you know, that were a little more, uh, um, you know, a little more crafted towards uh, the radio, but still had something to say, um, you know, message wise and and i was really proud of the fact that uh you know both um tough all over and city became pretty big hits for us and they would they had something to say and they were hit records and uh and um you know we got ourselves out there without the aid of any movie soundtracks or anything else we were just a band standing on our own two feet and uh you know really proud of that that's awesome yeah you prove you could do it on, on your own two feet for sure you didn't need the movies uh definitely well ironically then hollywood came calling again sly stallone does he call you up and say hey i'm making rocky four i need i need a a soundtrack for when rocky's training in in russia against drago climbing the mountain and yelling drago <laughs> tell what tell us about how hearts on fire how did did stallone task you to do that or, or did you record it before he asked uh, you know, got a call from uh, the record company saying that uh, Sly wanted me to come down to the studio and and uh, sing a song for Rocky Four. I'd never heard it before. I mean, I walked in the studio 
and he was there and, and uh, they played me hearts on fire. And, uh, you know, I just sort of listened to it down for the first time. And uh, I kind of knew what he wanted. He wanted like that big sort of like, you know, scream from, you know, the, 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 the bottom of your toes to the top of your head, you know, so that big raspy sound. So, you know, I sang the chorus for him and he really liked it. He, he, he liked that song a lot, put it in the movie like a few times in Rocky for us to scene where he's climbing up the mountain, the whole workout scene that he does. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So yeah. I'm, my worlds are coming together because uh, actually tomorrow night we're playing in a place called Summers Point, New Jersey, um, which is right down on the beach. That's where they shot the movie Eddie and the cruises. Oh, cool. And the guy who's bringing us down is his dad on the club where they shot the film called Tony March. So we're playing there at 6.30. At 9.30, they bring us up to Atlantic City, and we're, we're opening the show for uh, Frank Stallone, Sly's brother, and Sly's going to be the MC. So talk about uh, my my world's coming together, like, all these years later. So, <laughs> That's awesome. So you'll be opening for Frank Stallone um, as well on the same day that you're doing Eddie and the Cruisers uh, tie-in uh, concert too. So all yeah, your movie themes are all tying together. <laughs> how about that? That's awesome. I mean, how, I mean, come on, like you, it probably has got to be wild to think that, you know, all these years later, how many freaking uh, people have worked out to that song? I mean, that Rocky four soundtrack, I mean, it, I mean, of course, you know, it was survivor burning hard. It had, um robert tepper's no easy way out james brown living in america there were so much so many so many great songs but uh hearts on fire that is saved for the big final montage the training montage before the big fight you know drago's shooting shooting up roids and stallone is doing the <laughs> yeah the contrast there you know splitting wood and doing crunches in midair you know you got the the future technology training versus the old school um grit but uh yeah that, i mean do you have you ever worked out to the song or what's it what's the idea of uh, the idea that so many people probably have uh you know i just uh you know i mean sly back in those days i mean he's still in pretty good shape from what i see but you know back in those days i mean he was i mean he was just ripped you know yeah. And uh, he was the inspiration to, uh, you know, a lot of people who, who wanted to get in shape. You know, he just, uh, he, he, uh, he, he was, he was pretty good at it, you know? So, you know, maybe they thought, uh, you know, working out the hearts on fire was, was part of the, part of the answer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's really awesome song. Uh, well, very, very cool. You, you also, your the band name also entered pop culture. Um, I remember watching Saturday Night Live one time, and they were doing that, you know, the Will Ferrell Celebrity Jeopardy skits, and um, Jimmy Fallon gave your band name, the Beaver Brown Band, as an answer to one of them. What did you think when you saw that? <laughs> uh, I can remember, uh, you know, my wife and I were, you know, sitting up, you know, sort of like sort of watching watching the show but you know not paying close attention and, and all of a sudden I went what did you just say did they say the name of my band yeah it, it was like it, it was uh I it was back before the days where you could rewind television you yeah. Know? yeah it was live <laughs> and uh, I was like did he really did, it, did they say the name of our band it was, but uh yeah it was uh surprising 
But, you know, my whole life has been surprising. You know, my, my, uh, you know, what we've accomplished uh, over the years, having a band that's been together as long as we have, uh, you know, having taken the roller coaster ride through the music business um, and, you know, come out of it with smiles on our faces and, and you know, guitars still in our hands. I mean, we're, we're pretty fortunate. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, there's so much else we could talk about. We won't keep you all day, you know, because you did, you know, the Roadhouse album and Eddie and the Cruisers too, Eddie Lives, all that stuff. Um, but uh, let's bring it full circle to, you know, the reason we're here, the Hamilton show in DC on September 10th. Um, what uh, ha- have you ever played there before? It's a pretty intimate spot, but have you ever been down here? No, never played the Hamilton, but uh, DC back in the days, I mean, back in the days, even before the film came out you know we we were a staple down there in the dc area playing down at the bayou over in georgetown i mean we we played the area quite a bit had so many friends uh in the dc area still do um I'm, i would imagine there's going to be a guest list down there <laughs> but it uh we're very very much looking forward to it you know it's going to be like an old home week for us so get your tickets because uh, it's going to be a good crowd. Oh, yeah. Definitely get your tickets. Again, it's John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. It's going to be on Saturday, September 10th at the Hamilton Live in D.C. at 8 p.m. So get your tickets now. John Cafferty, thank you so much again for, for doing this. It was a blast catching up with you. We'll let you get back to, you know, the Atlantic City Boardwalk here. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you at the Hamilton. Take care. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.